You're listening to episode 57 of the Urban Yogi Podcast, featuring Shanna Lee Gibson. Shanna Lee Gibson is an author, mentor, meditation teacher, speaker, and workshop facilitator, and she is dedicated to helping you unlock your true connection to the divine, where every answer that you seek is found within and available to you. She's the author of TLC for the Soul, Inspirational Deck, which is coming out in July 2020, and the beloved Indie Deck, Empowering the Teenage Soul, Oracle Cards, which came out in 2016. Watch for Shanna's upcoming book, Worthy Messenger, How I Found God and Became an Ambassador for the Planet Through Unfaltering Self-Love. She is the presenter and creator of hundreds of events at diverse venues since 2008, including Squamish Adventure Center, Art Vancouver, Young Documentary Filmmakers, Banyan Books, and The Healing Arts Studio. I hope you enjoy this inspiring interview with one of my favorite people on the planet, Shanna Lee Gibson. So I'm with one of my favorite people in the world, Shauna Lee Gibson, and Shauna is a spiritual mentor. And I would just like to read, she sent me a little blurb about what we were going to maybe focus on. So I just thought I would share that with you guys. So Shauna has a deck of cards that basically she received, you channeled them essentially, eh? Yeah, inspiration. Yes. Um, I realized that my relationship to divinity was rooted in dogma, fear, and shame. That impacted my relationship to myself, which caused me to overwork and feel an unreasonable responsibility to others. When I burnt out, I had to reevaluate my relationship with God. Then I got sick, and illness holds a gift. The time tending to our body can also be spent curiously asking, why is this happening? So I started talking to God more like a friend, and I chose to believe he cared and was listening. I had 33 questions that I asked, and I received 33 insights in response. We think talking to God has to be hard, or that only certain people can talk to God, but that's not the case. It's about reclaiming our divinity and coming to our higher power just as we are. And with a willingness to change as we are asked to change. That brings me to my cards. TLC for the Soul, 33 Inspiring Messages of Comfort, published July 2020. So that's really inspiring um, to, to hear what you're up to and to hear that you had that like realization that connecting with the divine doesn't have to, like it doesn't have to be some like difficult thing or something that's just relegated to certain religious figures that we, we all have that power. Can you speak more about that and, and how you came to that understanding? You know, I think this was probably the most important insight for me to ever arrive at because for as long as I can remember, I've always felt a sense of not being good enough, not being able to do enough, not being able to, you know, make people happy and constantly feeling like if I could just find the secret to self-love, then, you know, I would be absolutely fine. I would be able to live my purpose and do all the things that I saw myself doing one day when I felt like I was complete and loved by the universe, right? So, um, unfortunately growing up, I grew up going to a seven day Adventist church and that's a Saturday church. So, um, the teachings are based on Ellen White, who they consider to be a prophet. And of course they focus on Jesus Christ as a savior. Um, and you know, as with any church, you have the interpretation of the Bible. You have the interpretation of God, of, of Jesus. And unfortunately, when I was growing up, I had a lot of questions about God. 
but the church did not want to answer my questions. Mm. So I often felt like there must be something wrong with me. So I internalized that thinking, well, there's something wrong with me. Why can't I just fall into line? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I just take this on board and relax? Questions that you had that they weren't willing to answer. Well, one of the things that I wanted to know was why is God so angry? Right. Um, one of the teachings with Ellen White was you can't ride a bicycle. Why? What was the reasoning behind that? It will make you horny. Because uh, it touches the perineum. <laughs> it's too close to the root chakra. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then they would say you can't dance because that would be the devil wanting to dance through you. So everything was either God or the devil and there was no real let's have a discussion about that let's go deeper into that like let's discuss the devil help me to understand this it was just no here's the rules here's what you need to do if you want to get into heaven and pretty much you know the devil's pretty much chasing you all the time so good luck on that right unless you're doing exactly what the church says you should be doing so it sounds like they were linking pleasure and joy to the devil, like feeling good in your root chakra, for example, um, that that could be somehow dangerous or devilish. Um, and it makes me think of, of the Kundalini yoga community, which has been so helpful. The technology of Kundalini yoga has been so helpful. And you actually were one of the people who said, hey, try some Kundalini yoga. And there was a lot of sexual repression in that community and we would watch videos of Yogi Bhajan teach and Yogi Bhajan for those listening was the man who brought Kundalini over to the West. He was one of the sort of the, the spearheaders of it all in the West. And he would always be so angry and yelling. And, and I was like, why, why does he have to be so angry? Why does he have to yell at the students? And our teacher said, well, that's, you know, cause he's a, a Saturn teacher. There's Saturn teachers and there's Jupiter teachers. Saturn teachers have like a ring. They put a ring around you and they keep you in your place. And that's how they help you grow. Jupiter teachers are more like love based and that's just the way he was. And that's how he worked. And I just had this weird feeling that he was abusing his followers sexually. It just came into, I thought, I think he's sexually abusing some of the women in this, in this flock. And sure enough, it's all come out over the last few months that he has raped hundreds of women. Oh, oh dear. They're all finally coming out with it because they felt repressed and they felt like they couldn't share what had happened for so long and he was mm-hmm. doing young girls like little girls um it, it was horrible it was really horrible so i just mm, something was going on in this religious piscean age where a lot of the the heads of religions were doing sexual abuse and then they were telling the flock that any sort of pleasure was bad i'm thinking catholic popes yogi bhajan bikram um osho um, it seemed to be very, very common in spiritual and religious um, flocks. I don't know why that was happening, but it definitely was. So I know you're... That, that sort of thing is so hard for me to, to accept. Um, and I just feel so much for people who put themselves... Because I think one of the things that I resonate with when you say that is I understand why people are seeking out these teachers and why they're magnetized to them because they do have a magnetism to them. But because we haven't yet developed a discernment, um, we, we don't know that what we're sensing, you know, might not actually be good for us. We, it's like you have to explore that sense, unfortunately, and then end up in a situation where you realize, oh, that's what that feeling was, you know? So it's, it's like getting to know the intuition. And when we don't have an anchor, spiritually we have no way of knowing if something is truly good for us um if that energy of magnetism we're sensing is a good thing or is it something that's going to be hurtful for like to us yeah i also notice in both the indian lineages of guru disciple relationships as well as the judeo-christian lineages of, of western spirituality and religion there seems to be this repression of sexual energy and then it's squirting out in inappropriate, hurtful ways. Yes, yes. I've been studying the work of Mantak Chia, 
knock on wood, he's not like this. He's in his 80s now. He doesn't seem to be. My intuition says that he's quite um, living his teachings. And he teaches uh, forms of sexual qigong, of sexual transmutation. So in, in Christian, in conservative Christian, Judeo-Christian faiths, as well as um, conservative guru disciple uh, lineages from India, it was often like, don't think about sex, don't go there, don't feel pleasure. The goal is to, you know, get into the higher spiritual realms and connect to heaven as soon as you can. Um, whereas in Montauk's teachings from the, the Tao, it's like, no, sex is beautiful. Self touch, touching yourself is beautiful. Feeling that pleasure is beautiful, but learn how to control and harness it so that it doesn't run your life. So I love that this new lineage that I've come across is similar to Kundalini, and it also provides this uh, acceptance of the sexual force as something that cannot be separated from spirituality. It's it's a force that we can use to actually heal our bodies and our brains mm -hmm. and connect uh, more powerfully to to God. Um, yes yes absolutely that's, that's um, a cool thing for me and yeah that's a big learning that is a big learning curve to learn that that's your life energy and that you can move the life energy mm. through the body and that you can use that energy to create healing to create creative works to mm -hmm. cre you know women can create children there's so much beauty that comes through that force right. um so it's definitely you know obviously very misunderstood and um there's still a lot of i think a lot of growth to be done in those areas in terms of the church um and and that that will most likely come out more and more um probably in the news with things with churches and and repression and and problems um accruing to that so hopefully they'll look at how they can look at this in a different way and guide people um maybe from partially um, a reflection, you know, a point of view of having self-reflection. Anyways, I'm not going to tell the churches what to do, but I know from being in the church myself, if there had been self-reflection practices, which is really um, a big core of my work now, that would have helped, you know, rather than suppressing questions, um, ask questions, but have somebody almost ask you questions back so that you can start to explore that connection for yourself. And God inevitably reveals the truth to us. We are receptive. And as we become more receptive, we start to receive these truths. And that was, that's what was happening to me is I was starting to become aware that I was seeking in different places to get this, these answers and this fulfillment whether it was through my work, through keeping people happy, you know, through, uh, um, you know, doing too much. And so inevitably I had to come back and say, okay, God, is this what you planned for me? Right. As you, you said, know, back, everything got bright. <laughs> the whole screen went like golden, bright. <laughs> it was like blue and it was golden. <laughs> Yay. Um, so that, so that was the question was, you know, is this what you wanted for me? And, and also, am I sick for a higher purpose mm -hmm. or am I sick because literally I've broken the natural law, which is I've gotten out of balance with myself, you know, working too much. Okay. Right. And that's when, um, this insight came to me with my, the first card here. Oh, um, healing through grace. This insight came to me about resting from physical and mental anguish. And it was all about um, lengthy trials and the virtues that are growing within your soul that are hidden from your ordinary vision. And these qualities are perseverance, tolerance, and self-discipline. And that there's a purpose to your pain. And an inner lessening of it will certainly happen, but only if you are open to it. And then this point was really important for me because I didn't fully understand it. And churches, of course, they, they don't talk about self-compassion. Um, they don't really talk about compassion necessarily, or the ones that I, were, that I was going to, I should say. Mm. When you finally yield to self-compassion by releasing dread, you will be admitted into the divine's healing hands of grace. Wow. And, and you received that. 
it's like I just knew in that moment that it was a trial. Yeah. And it was directly linked to my overwork because I lacked compassion for myself as the struggling devotee. Right. So it was like, you mean I'm allowed to struggle as a spiritual seeker? I'm allowed to struggle and God still loves me. You know, that's okay. So this is where I all of a sudden had this awareness that God was this incredible love mm. and this incredible kindness and that I could communicate very simply and ask very simple questions and suddenly have an awareness come to mind. But the reason it hadn't been happening is because I had been being so mean to myself in a sense mm. by working myself like a dog. Um, and also I, I, I almost didn't fathom that God would just speak to me. I felt that I had to earn my earn my way to being spoken to, earn my way to his love. And my intuition is saying millions upon millions of people have been in the same boat. I know I have. There's this feeling like we have to struggle, uh, that we have to paddle really hard, that we have to prove our worth in order to communicate with our higher selves or the, the divine or God. Mm -hmm. um, and it almost makes me think of like, your realization makes me think of like the re realization that apparently Yeshua had you know, going from like the Old Testament to the New Testament, you know, the God in the Old Testament was so mean. Uh, <laughs> and the God in the New Testament was a lot kinder. And, you know, it's interesting because for the first time in my life, um, I'm reading the Bible from the beginning to the end. And I'm going through the Old Testament. And you know, what's very interesting, I'm having insights that a lot of what was written, or I should say some of it, and I don't know how to encapsulate this, so I'll just say it exactly as it is. Mm -hmm. um, some of it was the perception or the times, really the times, the times were brutal, brutal, right? Right. So, so in other words, I believe there's a much bigger picture happening there, but what I'm feeling is a God who constantly wants us to, reach out to him to 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 go to him to have implicit trust to be grateful to be thankful and i can sort of sense that dialogue happening um with the different prophets through the ages mm. so that's i'm not a theological like you know master or anything like that but i'm sensing that and i'm sort of getting to know that there's something hidden um sort of floating through the old testament that I'm going, ah, oh, there's more here. So really it's down to interpretation. And if the person who's interpreting that grew up in a fear-based dogmatic religion, well, good luck. Cause that's what you're going to get. Right. It's all about interpretation. You're so right. Yeah. And I also think like the game of telephone, you know, you have 10 people whispering a message in a circle. It always gets mum mumbled up. It's never the original thing. So this has been thousands of years. Like, who knows what the original message was? How or yeah. how to to that the modern day you know King James Bible is? <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Um, so so basically, you know, when I came to this realization that um, I didn't need to beat myself up in order to be loved, and self-love was no more about me sort of having self-care days or any of these things, right? Which are actually just forms of self-respect. Yes. Um, and that's what I finally came to. It was more about Shanna. There are things that you're doing in your life that you think that I want you to be doing. So it was like, God was saying there's things that you think I want you to be doing and you're beating yourself up and you're doing these things thinking I'm doing it for God, you know, <gasps> I'm exhausted, you know? And God was like, but I didn't ask you to do those things. So those calls to do those things were not from God. Oh. Where were they from? So they were from past life experiences. Like, so 
obviously I have a strong, very strong psychic ability and I've been known for that and my mediumship. And I sort of was like, well, I thought that this is how I was supposed to use this gift because of how everything intersected in my life. Okay. I assumed that everything was meant to be, and that's why it came together in that way. Right. But what, what was revealed to me, and this is where it becomes kind of interesting, is that actually there was a predisposition for me. I was always sort of going to be pulled down that path of discovery based on tendencies from the past. I see. So I'd already become a great psychic in a past life, so to speak. I'm just simplifying it. And it was natural for me to be inclined to go down that same path and to have success. Right. Okay, because I'd already planted the seeds in other incarnations so that seeds sort of came to root. Now, what's beautiful about this, though, is that there's nothing wrong with me having taken that path. It's just an awareness now that God was never guiding me down that path, that it was just part of me going down a path that was very habitual for me. So it felt like, because there was momentum there. Yes. Yes. So I interpret it as it's meant to be. Right. But the trick was, Will, and this is what people can look for when they're asking themselves this question, okay? Is it meant to be? Or actually, have I just chosen this path because I like how it feels, because there's momentum, because other people are saying, hey, you're good at this. This is, you're doing great, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it becomes then deep down in my heart of hearts, if I was to get really quiet, mm -hmm. say I was away from everyone and had like two weeks of just introspection. And if I asked, is this truly my path? Deep, deep down, there was a part of me that always said, oh. And that's what I sensed from you when I had my session with you. It's like you were so bang on. You were so helpful. But I could tell, like, there was something else that your soul was calling you to do and you weren't doing yeah. it at the time. And I, I didn't have the words for it back then. But now that, we're, that you're sharing this with me, it looking back in retrospect, you know, oh, that's what was going on with, Sean, with Shana. And, you know, what a great message to be sharing right now, because I think so many of us are transitioning from this, like, idea that we needed to do what our parents wanted us to do, yes. or that what we're naturally good at. Um, but it's like, actually, no, like, you actually are allowed to just have a really direct relationship with the divine and, and really just do what you really want to do. Yes. And, and, and to be open to doing things that right now you might realize you don't have the skill for, mm -hmm. but actually it comes from the soul. So you intellectually think you don't have the skill, but actually as soon as you start doing it, you'll be like, damn, I had no idea I was actually good at this. Right. 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 And yeah. that thing helps other people. That thing. Right forwards the higher consciousness which is what COVID-19 is sort of knocking on the doors of our consciousness and saying okay guys what the next the move is yours like what's your next move here yes I like to call it the great awakening or the global reset I like that my asthma's completely gone away I've had like chronic asthma since being a kid and it's been yeah. really bad since the all those forest fires a few years ago yes it completely is gone over the last four months or the last month, sorry, the last four weeks. Uh, and I was like, I was hoping it would go away at some point and it finally did with this whole global oh, that amazing so grateful and meditating in nature and going down to the beach and seeing the little sea otters frolicking and actually coming onto the beach. I've never seen that before in West Van. It was all this beautiful stuff in nature is such a gift. I agree. I agree. And nature has a lot to share with us. I noticed in your cards, a lot of them have nature. It's all nature. Even the first yeah. one you showed, is it, is it a cheetah, a tiger? Yes. And the, um, the artist is in Australia. So she actually, yeah, takes photos and then completely reshapes them. And she actually paints it out or does some sort of yeah. digital. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So she's, she's beautiful.
Um, you're absolutely right. Nature is the inspiration. And I feel really close to divinity when I'm in nature. Have you heard of The Pagan Christ? No. It's a book called The Pagan Christ. I don't know if you're familiar with a couple named Kathy and Paul Scott. They're a spiritual couple who run cacao journeys and, and they love Jesus. And they, they've taught me a lot about Jesus. I, I learned that his original name was Yeshua, which apparently mm -hmm. made a perfect balance of masculine and feminine in one Yes. Image, yes. That was such a beautiful meaning. And anyway, they were saying there are some gospels that were left out that were written by women that were left out of the Bible. Um, that were, there's one called the Essene gospel where mm -hmm. Jesus was taking men on men's retreats and teaching them how to use natural remedies to heal themselves and get rid of parasites. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, nature-based um, excursions that Yeshua mm -hmm. was taking and teaching people how to use nature to, uh, you know, heal their bodies and this and that. So I just thought that was, that's a really important part of, of like what Jesus taught that should be put back into the Bible in my humble opinion. So needed. Yeah, I think Jesus has had a, a lot of suffering, unfortunately, um, probably watching his teachings be interpreted interpreted in certain ways that are yeah and changed yeah um and you know that that relationship there i feel that it will become a lot stronger for people the relationship to jesus um in the coming times i feel that people will actually really start to question and have their own esoteric experiences yes. um within uh, of, of jesus and that's actually very beautiful because it's the calling really um, from Christ that, you know, we have the capability and Jesus was really the example. Um, and of course he is the son of God and he represents the Christ consciousness. Um, but he is saying, follow me and I will help you to step into the, the energy of the Christ and the consciousness of the Christ. That's beautiful. The kingdom yeah, so. within us and, and uh, yep. still, be still and know those things make me, my intuition is saying that um, he must have been into some form of meditation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And many times throughout the Bible, um, it actually talks about meditation as well, in case people are looking for biblical reference. Absolutely. No. Yes. Any ones off the top of your head that listeners could look up or? Um, and so your volume just went down a little bit, I noticed, for some reason. Check, check. Yeah, it's okay. Change just a little bit. It just subdued a little bit. So it's just a little bit different, but that's okay. I can still hear you. A little closer, just in case. There you go. Um, you know what? It's going to sound awful, but right now my brain is frozen that's okay. <laughs> around that. Okay. Um, but yes, I've been, I was just thinking, is there one that I could refer to? Because I've been going through. So what you can do is you can actually go online and you can get the, um, look at the website, the one year free Bible, basically. And you can go through and you can just link through and there's a day for every year. And it actually takes you through the Bible in one year. Oh my gosh. Great. It's yeah. So amazing. And so I, I've been going through because I committed to the study for myself for this year. Um, type in one year Bible. Uh, so I, so it's BibleGateway.com. Okay. Awesome. That's what I've been using. I'll put that in the show notes for listeners. Bible yeah. Gateway. I think that's going to be fabulous. Awesome. Um, but I've really enjoyed that. And I have read um, about, you know, sitting and meditating. One of the things that I'm aware of interestingly about Jesus is um, his incredible, kindness and his authenticity and his his true desire for what's real you know if we knew jesus now and we would all be voting for him we would all be you know or i should say the most people would be like this guy is the best like oh this guy's amazing because all the things that we want in people the goodness you know the honesty the integrity the loyalty um, the thoughtfulness, you know, the compassion, the love, it's, it's all his character. That is it. Yes. And I feel like we're at a place now where hopefully he would not be, you know, burnt, burned or hung or, or, or crucified. You know, I feel like 
hopefully the, the majority of the world has gotten to a place where we understand that love is a good thing. Um, David R. Hawkins talks about levels of consciousness and he, was, he, said, he said back in 2008, I think when he wrote Power Versus Force that 85% of the planet is still vibrating below the consciousness level of love. Mm -hmm. um, so he said the best thing at that time to do would be to just um, meditate more. He said you could actually change the world more just by going and living in a cave the rest of your life and meditating because your body would emit a certain frequency that would help up level rather than feeling like you need to fight or have parades or post all this on Facebook about conspiracies and this and that, unless you're called to that. Yeah. But I right. realized for me, I, I thought in order to create change, I had to take action. But then I realized maybe for me and my disposition or my Dharma, I can Im impact the morphogenic field of the con of the consciousness of the world just by chanting mantra more and getting in nature and enjoying my body, mind, soul more. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And, you know, I firmly believe also that if we are called to action and we've been doing that regular inner practice and that's what we put first in our life, then that call is going to be totally authentic and it's just going to sort of happen exactly how it needs to happen. I like that. Putting that, the good daily habits first in our lives and not feeling yeah. guilty about it. Nope. Because we nope. are children of God and, and, uh, making ourselves strong is one of the most noble things we could do. Yes, it's, it's the most important thing that we can do while we're here because of the reason we're here, yes. which is to learn our lessons and to evolve. So in one of my videos on YouTube, I talk about the ego and how we are supposed to outgrow our grade two behaviors, our grade three behaviors. Like our grade six desires, we are supposed to outgrow them. There's no shame in that. It's just part of the reason we are here is to grow beyond old habits, old desires, old behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so let me segue in or connect it into your cards. How would one, say somebody's struggling or at a turning point in their lives, how would one utilize your cards to help them evolve? Yeah, so this is what is so lovely about this deck is this is not an oracle card deck. So meaning, you know, you're not sort of sitting in and thinking, okay, I'm going to get this answer. Um, that's going to tell me when, where, how. This is about asking questions and communing with the divine by, you know, sort of placing a thought and then simply connecting to your own heart and shuffling. So let's just do one. Ooh. Let's do one for you. Okay. okay. So, um, so I'm just going to ask you just to connect to your heart, which you already are. And, um, and then what I would like you to do is what's your question? Question that you would ask. And would I say it out loud? I would say it. Yeah. What's the best way for me, Will, to help the world? Okay. And so because you already have a knowing and you already have a sense and you just said it prior to this um, about really fine tuning your own vibration and connecting to divinity and that being really essential. So now we'll just see because we're asking for God to reveal the truth and to give to give you insight. And this is interesting. Ah. Okay, so this is the card that actually just pops out. Huh. <laughs> now, do you find it really interesting when you look at the horse, the one horse is looking up. So just for listeners, for those on the podcast, um, Shauna, Shauna has just pulled a card. It's uh, horses. One is looking directly at, at the, you know, the viewer and the other are, are grazing. And then below on the bottom, it says helpers. <laughs> Now, this is really cool. So, this card then says, okay, because when I created this card and this insight came to me, um, this horse is being called. So, the other horses are not hearing that call or they're not interested in it. They're preoccupied, okay? Um, and that is perfect. That's the way it's supposed to be. So it says, listen to the call of spirit leading you to a new way. 
Greater freedom is energizing you from the inside. You may have been feeling anxious, wondering if you'll be able to figure out the next step you need to take when an opening arises. Recognize this as a moment of initiation before you encounter forward momentum again. New friends and helpers will find their way to you through the law of love and will equip you with the tools and resources you'll need. Courageous soul, as you remain open and receptive to their knowledge and wisdom, honoring your own truth and experience, your pathway will be uncovered. You will emerge wiser and surer of who you are and what you are willing to stand for. Bang on. <laughs> wow. Wow. Shanna is, um, is an amazing healer listeners. And like, I'm just, I'm so always so grateful to get to speak with her. And um, I found out about Shanna through a mutual friend and, and my mutual friend, uh, Costine, said, you know, you got to go visit Shanna. She's our, our dear angel out in Crescent Beach. <laughs> That's how she called me. Dear That's angel. So sweet. And you are very angelic. Like, you, you, you do exude, like, that angel frequency. So Aww, thank, you. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and, uh, and thank you for making these cards. I think that's really beautiful because you knew from other lifetimes, you got the psychic thing down. Yes. But you felt this higher calling. I could even see the energy shift when you said it. It's like, it's like when I saw Esther Hicks channeling Abraham, I can actually see this white light going down through her crown chakra. And then she's just doing her best to use her words to translate. Yes. The, yes. the same thing is, is what you do, or I can see there's this frequency. And when you said, but I felt called to, you know, be a spiritual mentor rather than a psychic, it's like they're more like came through and it's like, it's like an evolution just in the, in the speaking of that truth. Beautiful. Thanks for, for seeing that and for saying that. Yeah. It's, it was beautiful to witness. And, and, um, the idea, the idea that we all, you know, need to go to a psychic to have our truths revealed to us is very Piscean. Whereas the Aquarian thing is what you're, what you're gravitating into now, which is we all are our own psychics. Yes. We, you know, and yes. we can all, we're all in this magical journey together to help each other and inspire each other. But at the end of the day, we don't need a middleman. We can go directly to source each one, each one of us in our own way. Yeah, we can absolutely go directly. We need to go directly. And then if God wants to, to root us through someone to help us to have understand an aspect of him and the divine mother that we are not able to conceptualize, then we'll be led to, to someone, right? Um, but that someone is usually is enlightened, you know, so, and I'm not there yet. Um, this is the deck. So, it, so this is the TLC for the soul, 33 inspiring messages of comfort. A picture for uh for instance oh, so good here we go one two three yay awesome thank you very nice and i'm so grateful um they're beautiful cards and i'm really looking forward to people being able to use them they are literally applicable for everything and anything no matter what you're going through and you want to just you know trust yourself and also you know really to understand that you are this beautiful divine being of light and that there is a purpose for your life and that it is not about living for anyone else, for anyone's expectations or ideas of who you are. It, it is literally about following, following the authentic path that is revealed to you and being okay with all the learning that happens while we're here. Like Abraham says, you can never get it wrong because you can never get it done. Yep. We're always, and just because you screw up, like that doesn't mean you're supposed to hate on yourself. I think that's a big no. thing that you're hitting home today. It's like the only yeah. way to keep evolving is to make mistakes, fall down, get back up. Yes, exactly. And it's so necessary. And to really have compassion for the self that is struggling, you know, to really understand that this self that's struggling is actually such a precious part of your being that desires so much to have a good connection to the divine and yet has been filled with you know so many so much conflicting information and really is seeking the truth so it's the truth seeker that needs that love and to say don't worry you're taking care of you're, you're being guided right so people can use your cards what are some other good daily practices that people that you use that help you maintain that connection to self-love that you could recommend? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been following Paramahansa Yogananda for 20 years. So I think I mentioned that before. Um, so I have a strict... Autobiography of a Yogi, correct? Yes, that's the author. So read that book. Yes, I love it. I love the audio book. Oh, so good. On, um, Audible. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And a quick little thing. I've been studying breath work. Yes. And, and so basically just deep, conscious, connected breathing. And in chapter 36 of that book by Paramahansa Yogananda, he goes deeply into it, how the original yoga was not asana. It was meditation and deep breaths. Yeah, the Kriya Yoga. The Kriya Yoga, thank you. So totally. that's another thing that ties into this whole idea that self-love and our connection to source and Jesus and, and the divine and our inner Christ consciousness can be deeply facilitated and enhanced through the practice of, of meditation and breath work. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. So meditation is key. So meditation is literally the base of the practice. I will always come back to it. And within meditation, it's focusing at the third eye. So bringing the attention there as much as possible throughout the day and um, focusing there in meditation, of course. And then prayer, you know, prayer and affirmations are so, so key. But what I've been finding has been so important lately, in particular, you know, as we're going through this massive shift and it's been so hard, right? To, in many ways, it's been very tricky, um, is surrendering that things are actually better um, that we can see and things are happening for an important reason and that I'm an important player in this change. So I think for people to tell themselves, you know, I'm here right now for a reason and it's important that I keep my head above water. It's important that I seek out the help that I need and that I join with like-minded people and that I meditate and pray. And that inevitably is like the boat that takes us across the choppy water. Beautiful. Yeah, I am important. It, it matters that I'm here. Yes, you know? it does. It's very, very important that everybody knows how important they are. And, and the struggles are so communal. We all struggle with the same things. Yes. Right? It's just that when you have the tools, like you do as well, when you have those tools, you know how to work in the struggle. Right. It's like resting in the work or learning yeah. to take the struggle. Like this morning, I went ice swimming with some friends, two mm -hmm. friends. Uh, the, the, the discomfort of being in, you know, 0.6 degree water, um, there's something about that that I realize is important for me and it helps me deal with other types of challenges and struggles. And it's almost like learning how to use the body, mind, soul's um, ability, faculty to transmute struggle into something that is life-giving for us. Yes, yes, absolutely. And what you just said there about training the mind, that's very much a yogi practice. Mm -hmm. um, of course, as you know, training the mind to endure, you know, pleasure and pain, but to remain even-minded, to practice tatiksha, which is that even-mindedness, that sort of detachment. Um, and, you know, that's a yogi practice that is easier to do in some situations and not as easy in others. Yes, totally. It's all a practice, isn't it? Yes, it is. But I would say the devotion of just loving God, you know, if there was one thing that we could do and we could do it well, mm -hmm. it would be just to love God and to ask God to like reveal himself or the divine mother aspect of him to us. Um, and to continue asking him to say like, dude, no matter what, like, I don't really understand you. I don't really know you. I have all these ideas about you. Um, but I want to know you and I want to be close to you and I want to know you love me and I love you. You know, that's, that really would be the heart of it. And that's like a prayer. That's a prayer that we communicate out into the ethers. And then, yes. We, so would you say that prayer is that, that, asking and then meditation is that receiving totally cool yeah definitely and have you tried the conscious connected breathing that, you, that they kind of mention in that they talk about in the um, autobiography of a yogi so you're lying on the ground and you're just inhaling deeply into the low belly up into the high heart and then let it go it's like well there's two ways there's one it's like or there's a 
So some teachers divide it into two breaths and what uh, other teachers just say, just take a deep belly breath up into the heart and then let it go. Well, you know what? I've been with Self-Realization Fellowship. So they have a very particular set of lessons that they give you with all the breathing techniques. Um, like that? Not really. Okay. Maybe, maybe what they're giving is an interpretation based on what they know about the autobiography of yogi or what they're reading. I'm not sure. Um, I can't speak to that. It's like telephone. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But, but I know, I know their intention is right. But, um, you know, really the, um, the hung sout is a technique, the Kriya is a technique and it's all breathing, but you have to go through the lessons because they believe firmly, Paramahansa Yogananda taught that you have to have the Nama and Niyama you know, you need to have the, the body prepared, the mind prepared, the spirit prepared. And you also want to have the moral aspects of being, right? Which are like the good old fashioned sort of like 10 commandments. Yes. Um, so if you're practicing both, then you're ready to receive that, um, that Kriya. And that's just because the, there's a certain purification that happens. Yes. Like when I received my Kriya, I had a fever for one whole night right after I had my Kriya. Wow. And they would see that, or, or I would have interpreted that, to be honest, as a burning up of karma, right? Because suddenly I just had this fever come out of nowhere. Right. And it lasted all night and then it was gone. Wow. And any other symptoms. Um, so metaphysical things sort of start happening. You can't always find the answers in a book, you know, but you can sort of sense for yourself that this is just a natural part of some metaphysical process and that you're okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. And when you receive a Kriya, is it given to you by a fellowship teacher or is it part of a course or how does it work? Yeah, so you do the lessons and then the monastics come to town basically and they initiate you into the Kriya. And a Kriya being like a series of asanas and breath work? Uh, it's breath work, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a Kriya system basically. Okay. Could yeah. you give the listeners one example of a breath work sequence or no, it's all, it's all secret. Okay. It's just more, it's not secret. What it is is that, um, you know, and see, you know how people trademark stuff, right? Or, you know, like a, a metaphysical trademarking. So basically Yogananda really wanted his lessons to, um, to be studied. He really wanted people to know how to live and how to have a really good life. So rather than just saying, hey, come to me, I'll give you the Kriya and walk away, even though people were not mentally prepared um, their lives were in shambles and they were still sort of cheating on people and doing this and that, right? He was like, no, I want to teach you how to have an all around good life. Right. And then, you know, so you're, you're then learning that and you're learning about the responsibility that you have and then you're doing the Kriya. And honestly, I can only say that in my experience, um, I understand why. It took me six years from the time I finished the lessons to get Kriya. And I knew it was a huge commitment for me it took you six years to be given one? No, for me to choose. Like I was, I could have gotten it, but I took six years um, to choose. Like, yes, now I'm going to get it because I felt intuitively that it was a very huge responsibility um, what I was going to be taking on by learning it. Huh. Yeah. Wow. I'm so curious. I've, I've read some of uh, his visualizations and, and, Heard little bits and pieces. I'll have to I have to get into it more. I know there's an online course that can be yes, taken. totally. And now, rather than doing like I did hundreds of lessons, okay, back in the day, now there's fourteen. Oh wow! Yeah, so they they've literally just condensed, and then they'll have other um, like lessons on abundance and things like that. But the the main study now, like I think it's eight months, and you're you're you'll get your kriya. Wow. Yeah. Well, they also, I believe, you know, Yogananda um, always said that he would make sure that people had access um, to what they needed at that time, right? And now our generation, like if you look at people, they don't have the time and they don't really have the attention span or they don't have the desire to spend, you know, six years um, or five years doing a study. And, and possibly it goes even deeper than that. Possibly people need the Kriya sooner now. That could be it too. Things are accelerating. Yeah. The information yeah. age, we need stronger nervous systems and yeah. bodies to be able to handle it. So maybe there's that. Exactly. I think there's probably many reasons that I don't have any idea about. <laughs> well, tell me just a little bit more before you go about your cards. 
I just, I love, I love cards that are well-made and, and um, the fact that you've designed a deck, I like can't wait to get my hands on a copy on, on my own deck of your cards. Oh, I, and you know what this, so this was really cool because before this happened, um, you know, I, I started recording some of the thoughts that were coming to mind um, because I was sick and I was at home and I literally had like a terrible flu. I swear to God, like, was this in conjunction with the fever that you had because of Yogananda? Or like no, because that was many years ago. Okay. Um, that was probably about 15 years ago when I had that. And that was just one night. Um, but I find for myself that in the past, whenever I've been going through something, I tend to get sick. Hmm. Um, and, and that's not happening as much anymore. But in the past, that was always the case. I would always get sick. So I had the flu for like three months, a terrible flu. Oh, God. Yeah. And um, so this is when I was asking God a lot of questions and I actually had the time to listen and I was making the time to listen, which is the key. Um, and that's when all these sort of insights came to me. And then I started writing them down and then I just hired an artist and an editor. And um, we both know the editor, Corrine Zebroff. She's a friend and she's my editor. She's a well-known yoga teacher. Yes, one of the first people to ever go to City Hall to say that yoga wasn't witchcraft. Thank you. I remember her telling me that, and I was just shocked. I, apparently, police would come into yoga classes in Vancouver in the 70s and stop them, and she had to actually go and go to City Hall, as you said, and say, hey, we're not a cult. Like, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, she's such an incredible woman. And so she helped me, and we worked together for a period of five months. Wow. And, and then I was on a walk one day and I said, listen, God, I'm not willing to self-publish this deck. I'm just not willing to do it. So I need a publisher. So this is when I said, okay, um, you know, I'm committed to getting published. And so I started submitting the deck out to publishers. And about two months later, I got an email from this company, um, which is Schiffer. And then the division for Mind, Body, Spirit is Red Feather. They said, we want to publish your cards. Awesome. And so that began this process. And they actually took all the images and the information that we had already created. And they're the ones who created these incredible cards. So wow. what's so cool is, I don't know if you can tell, Will, but there's like a little kind of like mini frame. Like it, it just is yeah. a little bit three-dimensional, sticks up a bit. Yes, I see that. And it's, it's really nice, like thick cardstock that has this gentle sheen. Yeah, it's a beautiful design. So, so they did such an incredible job with it. And there's, you know, we're dealing with career changes. We're dealing with your body and taking care of it. Um, you know, affirmations, reasons why things happen, you know, helping people to understand that they can take the long way around. They, that they don't need to um, rush to create something right. in order to, you know, be of service to the world. Um, the fact that the divine is always with them, that sometimes we just need a good nap, um, you know, everything, inner gifts, um, seeking understanding, laughter, life's little luxuries, the fields of forgiveness. This was one of my favorites when it first, when she first awesome. designed it. It's a, is that um, a lavender type? tree you know what it was initially just a big beautiful green tree in australia and she created the color that nice pinky purple and i just felt like on the other side in the astral world there are many beautiful amazing things and this would be one of them there would be pink and purple big luscious trees the fields of forgiveness beautiful it's in so, the podcast it's a it's a beautiful vibrant pinky purple tree in a field of like a gold sort of field it's beautiful yeah so all, there's 33 of them and the messages like i said are applicable for no matter what you're going through and i would say that these cards really speak to people who are big lovers you know like they're out there and they're giving they're the caregivers you know where they're giving even if they're not physically caring for people there's this deep desire within them to make things better for people around them and sometimes they suffer because of that desire okay thank you yeah how can people get these cards you said they come out in july yes so they come out in july they can go to my website um, shanleegibson.com and then from there they can actually click over to the publisher's website but I did notice that they are literally 
all over. So when you go to Amazon, no matter what country you are listening from, whether it's Israel or Spain or America or Canada, they are on all of those websites. So Barnes and Noble as well. Um, You know, I've just managed to kind of find a few different places. There's a Christian website in the UK that they're available. So they're, they're all over the place. So no matter where you are, if you put in TLC for the soul messages, um, it'll come up or just go to my website. And then even, you know, I would, I would then go over to the publisher's website. But if you want to save on shipping, just go through Amazon. That's the easiest. Okay. Good to know. And um, I guess people would pre-order them. If, yes. If, so right now it's pre-ordering. Yes, absolutely. And, and you're going to get your special deck. Sweet. So I will. I talked over you. Go ahead. No worries. And, and uh, yeah, so listeners, if you're listening before July, 2020, you can pre-order, just go to Amazon and pre-order or shaunaleegibson.com. And then after July, 2020, you can just get them. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, I'd imagine Banyan and all the rest of them. Nice. Excuse me. We'll carry them as well. Cause they've carried my cards before. That's wonderful. So you have designed decks in the past. I have one other deck, um, Empowering the Teenage Soul Oh yes. cards. Yep. So those are almost completely sold out. And um, so unless the publisher picks them up, um, they're sort of sitting in, and now they're just a blessing that's there. Um, but they may have a, a rebirth. We'll see. Cool. Thank you so much for, for being with us today, Shanna. And yeah, thank you for listening to The Call of Your Soul because that inspires me and so many others to do the same. And I really liked your message today about um, honoring and loving the part of us that is struggling as we grow. Yes, yes, 100%. Like a butterfly inside a cocoon. It's like if somebody cuts it open prematurely, it doesn't fully develop. It's like let, let yourself struggle and maybe even find a little bit of pizzazz in the struggle. <laughs> yes, exactly. And to know that sometimes when we're struggling is the very moment when, when heaven is rejoicing, um, celebrating our growth. Sometimes in the heart of our struggle is the greatest celebration on the other side. So also to keep in mind that there's another perspective that we always have access to. And just to simply say, hey, God, show it to me. Right. And thank you, Will, because you followed your passion. You're following it every day and being this beautiful container for the light. So, you know, you, you must know that and really embody that. And just, you know, trust yourself with the path that's unfolding. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's nice to have mentors and community members and have this sort of chosen family around us. Um, there's so many people on the planet right now who, who also want what we want for the world and we're not alone. No, that's absolutely right. And another gift of this great awakening of all of us being at home is we're able to connect more online with people, like-minded individuals from around the world. It's, it's um, yes, exactly, yeah. we can tap into people that we would never have had the time yeah. To, to look up, right? It would have been something on the back burner that we may never have gotten to. True that. Yeah. Thanks, Shanna. Beautiful, beautiful rest of the day and enjoy the sun and I will see you soon. Okay, see you soon. Thanks, Will. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Shanna Lee Gibson. What an amazing human. What an amazing angel. She's part human, part angel, as we all are. Um, but I'm really, really glad that I got to meet her uh, several years ago when I was going through a tough time. And, you know, she really helped me a lot. And she got me, she was sort of one of the, the reasons why I started Kundalini Yoga. I was actually getting many different messages from different places in the universe to start doing Kundalini Yoga. Students were asking me to teach it and this and that. And anyway, I went to see her and she's like, you should start Kundalini Yoga. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, so please go and get her cards. Go pre-order Shanna's cards. They're so beautiful, both in the artwork, the intention, and just the, the love that she's infused into them. Uh, you can get them on Amazon. You can get them on her website, shannaleegibson.com. And you can get them in the link below this uh, episode. 
this episode is available on your favorite podcast streaming service. So anywhere from Google Podcasts to Apple Podcasts to iTunes to Spotify, you name it, Amazon, uh, the podcast episode will be there. And I just wish you all the best. And please check out my music on iTunes, Will Blunderfield, and check out Shanna Lee's work at shannaleegibson.com. Maybe I can heal Maybe things will get better Yeah.